0: Hey, that's, uh, that's pretty good. This is the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm Ro Sampson Folk, and you're joining me after the Raptors defeated the number one seed in the West and the best record in the league, the Phoenix Suns, 117-112, and did so in a exciting fashion, I would say. There were a couple big runs that were made towards the end of the game. The Suns made one, I think, to, to take the lead 103-102. It may have been an 8-0 or 9-0 run. But then the Raptors made the same run back and it was after they they subbed in Kim Birch for Thaddeus Young and they had a little bit better, I would say, uh, idea of how to deal with the Twin Towers that were sent at, uh, at the Raptors in this one. And despite a little bit of drama about offensive fouls in which he had two of the same variety, <laughs> Gay Trent Jr. smacked Cameron Payne over the head twice after three-point shots. We're used to seeing so often that the offensive foul and the three-point shot is when you kick your foot out and you extend the space. But Gary Trent Jr., twice, the one time he just, you know, he gave him the people's elbow and brought it down on his head. That was the flagrant that gave the Suns two free throws. And the other time he just brought his hand down quick and looked like he was trying to be, you know, expressive about thinking he got fouled himself and just smacked him across the head. So that was funny. But the man gave him 42 points. 8 of 11 from downtown. 6 of 6 from the free throw line. And my goodness, 13 of 21 overall. I think he was... It's it's hard to call anybody a Robin. Actually, I don't want to frame it like that. Pascal Siakam took on the playmaking load in this game. Fred Van Vliet responded poorly relative to Fred Van Vliet's typical standards as an offensive guide, let's say, an offensive engine. He responded poorly to the Suns' ball pressure, Biggs waiting at the rim, any of Javal McGee, DeAndre Ayton, and Bismack Biombo, who all have varying effects, but I think all trend towards positives on that, from you know, extremely positive to roughly positive on that end, depending on what type of mistakes they're making. And the the dig downs and the pressure that came from the the side and like Michael Bridges and Jay Crowder and stuff like that. Even Demon Booker is pretty good at ball pressure these days. His defense has improved immensely. And so Fred didn't play very well. Pascal took on the role of getting the defense into rotation and applying the pressure. And man, Gary Trent Jr. was just the finisher. And that's why I say I, I, don't, I don't want to label him a Robin because he gave you 42. And he did end up hitting some pull-ups as, as the game kind of went on and he was starting to get really comfortable. And it was like, okay, you know, there's something percolating here. And this turned out to be one of those games where Gary, he, he just hits a lot of shots. Luckily, the Raptors found enough advantages. Pascal, in particular, got downhill often enough. They even started running some of their pet plays for Siakam and Fred Van Vliet. They ran Gary Trent in Van Vliet's spot, and they found him in those opportunities. It was pretty fun, and they just decided to funnel more possessions their way, and Fred was off-ball a little bit more. And while that didn't turn into Fred being you know, the huge shooter in this game, it did turn into Gary Trent Jr. getting a lot of catch-and-shoot opportunities and doing really well with them i mean 42 points is not easy to get and he got there and it's another big explosive scoring game for him i thought he was he was tremendous and he deserves a lot of love for that performance and then yeah pascal joining him pascal well he did go 10 for 24 from the field he did go to a five from three that's really important um, he didn't get as many calls as I thought he might have. I don't mean that to complain. It's just, you know, he, he was headed downhill a lot. I thought more of that might have, you know, resulted in free throws. But he was also passing out of a lot of drives, which is also why Gary Trent Jr. found himself, himself in so many shooting opportunities. And even with Pascal's touch not really working at its most optimized state, you know, 42% from the four in this game, it's not incredible. And with the low volume from free throw, you know, 25 points on 24 shots doesn't look particularly great, but the 10 assists coupled with it and really a really strong defensive performance as well, I thought he was just terrific. And while, you know, Gary takes the cake for this game, Gary gives you 42, I thought Pascal, you know, his ability to play make in this game to, to get the Suns in rotation and to put them in positions where they have to help a lot and they have to rotate over and they have to, you know, they have to decide what are we going to take away at this point in time? Pascal, even with the touch missing a little bit, still made them think that he would he would punch them enough that they had to come over and bring that extra help. And he made great decisions as a playmaker. So those two guys really, really led the Raptors ahead. And then there's there's two big men that deserve, I think, quite a bit of attention and and love in this game. And, you know, Scotty isn't one of them. We'll get to him later. But Precious Achua, I thought, in his own way, had a really great three first quarters of the game, not three, first three quarters of the game. And I was surprised that I, I was really surprised actually that Nick Nurse didn't go to him late because Precious, I thought had a really, really strong defensive game and he's throughout the season this year. This is correlated by my eye test. It's correlated by the statistics and you could even see it in this game as well. He helps out on the defensive glass a lot. So I was surprised a, for that reason that the Raptors didn't ask him to come into the game late to kind of bang around with Ayton and, and Biombo and see if how things might shake out that way. But the fact that his defense at the level of the screen and in, you know, a high drop, he was terrific guarding a lot of the above-the-break actions for the Suns. I thought he was the Raptors' best option in that, in that facet of the game. I thought he had a really strong defensive performance. And the Raptors immediately got a, a huge lift when he stepped into the game. He brought energy. And while, you know, the offense once again doesn't look that great, his finishing once again doesn't look that great. He He's three freight from the field. He finishes with 11.7 boards. But he got to the line and he was getting to the good places on the floor. And whether that was because of his own dribble, which, you know, I think there were definitely mistakes made. He held onto the ball too long. He got a little bit too adventurous with what he thought he was able to do. In particular, he tried to emulate Scotty and OG and Pascal with that 45 extended post-up, and he had three turnovers, I believe, out of just that play type. And, you know, one offensive foul and two turnovers from there. So, So he still has that tendency to try and take too much off of, you know, take too big a bite of the offense. But I thought that he provided enough punch, pushing in transition, hitting a couple threes, and just, sorry, just the one three, but just bringing enough offensive punch. And with how good he's been defensively this year, and I thought he was great to start this game. I was surprised he didn't get the nod, but he definitely deserves love for, even though he only played 16 minutes, I thought that he was an integral part of the Raptors winning some of the minutes in the middle of this game, in the meat of it. And, you know, Kem Birch deserves a lot of love, not for the first three quarters. I don't think he was, you know, pretty muted. He, he had trouble with Aiton, I would say. Actually, I would definitely say he had trouble keeping up with Aiton. And then when we look at, you know, the, the offensive punch that he's bringing, there's hardly anything there. The Raptors, they're not getting a lot out of him. He's turning the ball over on the short roll with passes and stuff like that. That's not good. But he got the vote of confidence late. He came in and the Raptors after, you know, they, they had tried box and one. They had tried triangle and two. They were trying to make sure that they could get stops down the stretch against the Suns. The Suns are the best clutch team in the NBA. They, they are just a well-oiled machine. They make the right reads. They constantly move the ball. All five guys are involved in offense, whether it's cuts, screening, occupying the weak side the primary action wherever it is there's guys moving and doing it intelligently and with great feel for the game the raptors had to you know put their minds together and say who's the guy who's going to help us close this game out especially with them punishing us on on our own defensive glass and they decided it was kem and Cam ended up being quite pivotal in helping them close out some defensive possessions as a rebounder, as a guy who's boxing out, but also as a guy who's stepping up in the blitz. It wasn't him every time, but he did have a couple effective blitzes. And when the Raptors, at the end of a game against the best clutch team in the NBA, you know, Chris Paul isn't there. It's worth saying that. But they got three turnovers in a row. A couple of those are tied directly to Cam Burch and his ability to step out and pressure the ball. That was really great to see. So he deserves a lot of love for that closing stretch. Um, I, I wouldn't have chosen him. He wouldn't have been the guy I, I put in the game if I were coaching. But and you know, you could you could say, oh, well, maybe Precious would have done the same thing, but that doesn't matter. Kem went in there and it worked. And if a guy goes in there and it works, you can't have any complaints. You can only say, well done. And yeah, Kem, really, really well done. He had such a strong close to the game. And he even got a little bit of offensive. Uh, Well, he he scored two points, but that's, you know, credit to him for following the play. Gary Trent Jr. missed the layup on a fast break, and Pascal and Kem both went up after it. Hands were, you know, uh, intermingled, and and the ball popped in. Kem gets credited with it. Hell yeah, for following the play. Good defense, good offensive instinct there, and I I think he had such a strong finish to the game. But the Raptors, you know, overall in this game, yeah, it, it goes back to Gary and Pascal, keeping them afloat. Precious, I thought the punch he brought as soon as he checked in the game, the Raptors made a huge run. He provided a lot defensively, disrupted everything that the Suns wanted to do above the break at the point of attack, being involved in their screens because the Suns love their screening actions. They're, They're so well integrated into their offense. They run them in their sleep, You know, complex screening actions too. And so I thought Precious was great there, but Yeah, the Raptors, largely on the back of Pascal and Gary, they found their way offensively in this game. And the Raptors had enough, you know, good defensive stops in this game. And especially, you know, Gary Trent Jr., I've had a problem with him over-pursuing a lot of the time. But there was a lot of great ball pressure that he was able to provide against Devin Booker. And even though Devin Booker, you know, he still got 22, he still had seven assists, and he still did it on, like, 50% 50% shooting from the field, over 40% from 3. I thought that Gary Trent Jr did a pretty good job ding him up and Devin Booker is a really great player. He's he's getting more of the pie since since Chris Paul is out and 22 and 7 I think is a really great place for the Raptors to hold him to. I know campaign got loose for quite a bit of offense, but that's honestly more on Fred because Fred was not feckless, just less effective. At the point of attack than he typically is, and campaign is, you know, he's rapid. He is, he's a very quick, he's a quick twitch athlete. He's, he's got wiggle, and he, and he hit his threes in this game too. So even though it was three for nine, you know, the ball was funneling to him. He was making plays and that kind of stuff. And yeah, I, I was, I couldn't have been any happier really with how Gary Trent Jr. had played defensively too. So the Raptors as a team, yes, they came together to get a lot of stops, especially late. The rotations, for example really really crisp scotty with two steals in a row one where he's jumping the passing lane and this was devin booker getting blitzed to the corner really great blitz from the raptors there great sense and intuition from scotty to jump the pass and the one before that he he managed to get around a guy posting up cameron Payne kind of t-rex armed an entry pass and that was obviously because he saw that scotty barnes was climbing that post up to try and break it break it up and When you T-Rex it, you know, the ball is in play more so than ever and it's floating there and Scotty beat him to the punch and the Raptors ended up getting a bucket out of that too. Just extremely well done by Scotty. who, it wasn't a super good game for him, I wouldn't say, but this is a guy who's stepping up late and that's more important than anything, especially with the Suns and they're a really great clutch time defense. The the Suns are really disciplined. They make the right reads. They're so good in rotation. And especially with like Mike Al Bridges, and it's just they have and DeAndre Ayton, they have a lot of great defenders. To get that extra boost of transition scoring, that helped the Raptors immensely. And Scotty, despite his struggles in other parts of the game, was able to give the Raptors that extra boost. And it was his defensive decision-making and his defensive playmaking that led the Raptors to those outcomes on those plays. So while it was in lockstep with the rest of the team and especially the blitzes that he wasn't a part of, but you know, a guy has to make the play. A lot of defenders can pressure and a lot of defenders can force mistakes, but you know, mistakes all the time go unchecked in the NBA. Guys make lazy passes after being pressured on ball, but they just... Flowed into another defender's hands. Scotty was the guy who beat the, you know, or not defender's hands, they're another player, another teammates of theirs' hands. And Scotty was the defender who beat them to the punch on a couple of those plays. I think he had three steals in the fourth quarter. So, yeah, extremely well done for him. I, I wait patiently for and Ananobi to rejoin this team. I think it'll be a lot of fun when he does. I also, Thad struggled, as I talked about right at the top of the podcast. And I am left wondering why Thad is ahead of Chris Boucher in the rotation as of right now I've been I've been very pro Boucher this year I you know I wrote about I've been talking about you know he's been such a solid bench big and even when he's not giving you big numbers he's a guy who has changed his role relative to last year and has said I will wait for guys to create for me. I will be the consummate pro. He's this is his best run defensively. This is his best defensive season by far, I think. And he's had he's had really, really responsible. He's been so responsible on that end. I think that he's not freewheeling and making a lot of mistakes. I think that he's playing within the scheme a lot of the time. And his length is of, you know, a, a great addition to it. And I'm curious why Thad has jumped him in the rotation when. I, I don't see any indication why that should be the case. Like it's possible, like Thad is a talented player. I like Thad, but Thad has to prove it. Chris Boucher has been good enough that a guy should have to prove it if he's going to come take his minutes. I'm completely of that of that mind. And I think Chris Boucher has played well enough that you, know, you let him save his spot in the rotation and only by Thad coming in and absolutely rocking the hell out of it can he come take it away because... Chris's Chris's numbers, while they may fluctuate game to game, I think that his role and his impact is felt all the time. So, cool. yeah, I, I didn't like seeing Thad play 19 and Chris 12. I, I don't like that as far as, you know, decision-making from Nick Nurse. But them's the breaks, I guess. Delano, he, he, kind of a, yeah, a Delano game. He came in, he played good defense, especially relative to the expectations what's expected of a rookie. His length was a good addition, but he didn't get any of the run-out opportunities, and so he doesn't have a lot of box score numbers to show it. But the Raptors, you know, they ended up winning this game, and I think that we should all be really, really happy with what's going on there. Uh, the, the Reggie Evans Award. I'm giving it to Kim. Honestly, it was, it was such a great close to the game, and, you know, he worked really hard. It's hard to bang around with Phoenix's big guys. Aiton is, you know, Aiton doesn't have the most expressive body language, but he works hard every possession. He beats guys down the floor all the time. He's such a, like, he helps out, not a ton relative to size on the boards, but, like, he's so, he's such an aggressive screener. He moves so well in the offense, and to keep up with him and the actions he's involved in, it takes a lot. And so while he's not gonna, like, beat you, beat the hell out of you on the boards, I think that Kem Birch especially, just being able to hang with DeAndre as the game went on, That's meaningful. So Reggie Evans Award awarded to Mr. Kem Birch. Top quick reaction comment is from Drew. Quote, wow, the way Phoenix were playing with the energy and the crowd backing them, and after taking the lead late as well, a win did not seem possible. That team showed will and fight tonight. Huge win. That's got to give them a boost going forward. Good strategic move by Nurse putting Birch back in late. Did not see that win coming after blowing that big fourth quarter lead, end quote. Yeah, man. It's, uh, you, you, we hit on a lot of the same things there. It's, it's tough to beat the Suns late in games. Best clutch team in the league. They did it. And Phoenix definitely had the momentum and the Raptors buckled down and found a way to get themselves back into it and to take care of the game. And, you know, it's, it's really meaningful to beat Phoenix and yeah, great move by nurse to put Birch back in the game. Excellent choice. They won the minutes, you know, as soon as he started back in the game, and the other guys played well, too. Of course, there, there was great plays made elsewhere by other players. But Birch came in, and uh, it helped out a lot. So, yeah. Thanks for writing in, Drew. Listener, thanks for listening in, whether you got into it in the morning or at night. Have a blessed day, and goodbye.